Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. (laughs) That's right. That's good enough. (laughs) Oh boy. Let's dive in. Today we have Jackie. Jackie is a dear friend, and we had our babies at the same time, and now she's pregnant again. Jackie was adopted at birth, and she's here today to tell us her story. For the very first time in the Better Call Daddy show, we will be having four linked episodes. Today we're going to speak to Jackie, and the rest of the week we're going to speak with her adoptive mother, Wendy Aker, Jackie's biological sister, Amanda, And at the end of the week, the earth-shattering interview with Jackie's biological mother, Edie Taylor. Let's dive in. You are getting ready to give birth again soon. How is this going to be different than the baby you just had? It's going to be totally different. I'm kind of appreciative that I had, you know, a 2019 baby and a 2020 baby. And and even from the start of the pregnancy to now, there have been a lot of changes. Like my second ultrasound, it was me my husband, our baby, my in-laws, we were all in the room for the ultrasound. The 20-week big anatomy scan, I'm by myself FaceTiming with Brian. Each time I go, there's new protocols. You know, they check my temperature, they have all the chairs separated, there's plexiglass between the receptionist. It's such a scary time right now to give birth. What is that going to be like? You said your husband could come? They have assured me, at least at this point, that I'll get to be with Brian regardless. But they basically like test you for COVID as soon as you get into the hospital. And then they kind of go from there. They either put you on the COVID floor or the non-COVID floor. Have they stuck those long Q-tip things up your nose? They haven't done any testing like that. On my own accord, I went to get my antibody test. We had like a rough winter. That's why I don't think I've seen you for a while. Because we started quarantining before it all began because... Eli got hand, foot, and mouth. It was like flu, strep, and then I had some weird mystery disease at the end of December. They told me not flu, not strep. I'm like, I can't breathe. And it was, you know, before we were even like aware that COVID had come to the United States. But what else are you preparing for? I'm prepping mentally for surgeons in a hazmat suit. (laughs) You know, I have to have a C-section again since it was so soon in between both of my babies. So it'll be surgery and it'll probably look a little bit odd. Are you afraid of them cutting in the same area again? I don't think so. I kind of like want that since I just have like the one line, like they did a great job. I was, that wasn't the birth that I had expected to have. I feel much more prepared this time, especially knowing like, oh, I know what day I'm going to give birth unless it comes early and basically have everything else planned out, except I don't know the gender this time, which is kind of fun. That is exciting. I didn't find out the gender with my first three, but then I wanted to know. I was like, let's do everything different this time. And everything was different. I mean, I had a C-section, no natural birth. I had my first epidural. I found out what I was having. He came seven weeks early. He really got his own story. I miss him. How's he doing? Oh my God. He's starting to cruise. Like he's not walking yet, but he's like going around all the furniture and like walking from item to item and he's getting teeth and he's, you know, the personality is like definitely coming through. That's a good age. They're really fun right now. I'm so glad I'm having a second one now. So close. So we can at least quarantine together this winter with 
without Eli having to be alone. How has he been seeing the doctors like when he goes in for his shots? My baby has been terrified. Like when he saw them come in with like the mask and the shield and the whole hazmat suit, he was like, he's kind of scared of the world right now. Yeah, I bet. It's got to be terrifying. <laughs> Our doctors weren't wearing hazmat suits, but his 12 month was in May. So I don't know if maybe things have changed. It was really good. We played like peekaboo with the masks. It's so easygoing. After your mom had you, she had two weeks to decide whether she wanted to keep you. As a mom, can you imagine having to make that decision? She's a very strong woman. My mom is Wendy Aker. My dad is John Aker. The, the people that raised me, they are my adoptive parents, but I call them my parents. I don't know my birth father, and my birth mother is Edie. My birth mother, she's a very strong woman and has a lot of conviction for what she believes is right. I have a feeling that she probably had some more time to kind of think about that ahead of time. You know, she was in high school. She was just 15 when she got pregnant, 16 when she had me. And it must have been a a difficult decision. And I can't imagine doing it myself. Have you ever asked your birth mom about it? Yeah, we've had it a a couple times. She's a very strong believer in God. She's a Christian. God told her, you'll get to meet me again one day. And that I think that that kind of comforted her. It ended up being true. It's uh, 21 years later. That is incredible. And can you tell me how that happened? Catholic Charities in the state of Missouri at the time, I was born in 86, they basically had this adoption was a closed adoption, meaning that the adoptive parents do not know the birth parents and vice versa. In a closed adoption, once the adoptee turns legal age to search for your birth parents, you can have the records open. But both parents that are listed have to agree. 21 years down the road, if both parents don't agree, I don't get to find out that information. Fortunately for me, she only had her name on there. All the like blacked out parts of the document that were originally there, they were able to see like, oh, it was Edith. Edith was on the paperwork and they were able to like try to track her down. They, they basically spent probably six months looking for her. Wendy was my mom, but I always wanted to understand, you know, the genetics behind where I kind of came from. What has been interesting is that I was the only one that was adopted out of all five of us. The nature versus nurture was kind of part that I've been able to kind of see as well as the genetics clearly comes through. We all have the same voice. It's really bizarre. So we heard each other on the phone for the first time. You know, it's like you're talking to yourself. It was very special. And I was very lucky to have such a warm, loving person be my birth mother and my birth family. Can you tell me about the day you met your birth mom? That was interesting. Like I said, there were five of us girls that were born. We went to the elementary school that two of them went to. So there were four different fathers for five girls. Two of the girls shared a father. And we went to the school that they went to, their elementary school, where there was a tree planted in memory of my sister that passed away. So my sister Elizabeth was involved in a car accident when she was young. And my other sister was in the car too. The babysitter and my sister both passed away. So she was young. I think she was nine. Her name's Elizabeth. (sighs) And what was crazy is it was like, that was like 15 minutes from my family's house. We met at the school that they went to and sat by a tree that was planted in her memory and just kind of met like, she's a very resilient woman. She's very loving, opened her heart 
and everything to me like right away. Like she was very loving, very appreciative of my parents. My parents were there with me. So it was the four of us meeting for the first time. And it was, it was really a, it was a special time. And within that week, I think I met the sisters because it was just exciting. It was like, I have a nine-year-old sister. Like I, I was raised basically an only child. My father had two sons from a previous marriage, but we weren't raised together. I find out that I had four sisters and, and I had just graduated from college. It was awesome to get to meet everybody and get sisters for the first time, which is also kind of like part of the reason why I'm pregnant now. I never had a vision of how many children I would have, but something always felt like I would have more than one. Did you have any struggles getting pregnant? Yeah, to get pregnant with Eli, it was, I think it was like a year and a half before I finally got pregnant, which was not that long. Like I know many women have struggled for much longer and had to go through much harder processes. Have you been sharing your pregnancy stories with your birth family? Yeah, a little bit. So they're all in Kansas City still. So we, we talk on the phone and we text. We're all just like in different stages in life. You said that you had trouble breastfeeding with your firstborn. What was that like for you? I kind of had an assumption that, well, my birth mother had five kids. It probably is not going to be hard for me to get pregnant. And it was more difficult than I expected. And then breastfeeding, I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to have any issues. Like, how hard can this be? And oh, my goodness, that was a little heartbreaking. Like, I didn't get the birth that I wanted. And again, I can't complain. My kid had a tongue tie. And the doctor that we saw for him, we saw an ENT, they told us that he had perfect mobility of his tongue for later on. How do you feel about adoption? And when did you find out? So it was something that was always known. Like before I understood what it meant, it was known. Like I had this great book that was, why was I adopted? And it gives all sorts of different reasons. I'd love to read it again. My parents still have it. It basically was like, you know, maybe they're not able to, they're not able to care for you or like it gave all sorts of different options. Cause it's not just one set of options. It's not always clear cut why you chose to go that route. And it's such a brave route to go, to choose to, to go through nine months of being pregnant. And then, I mean, you fall in love. Like you haven't even met this being, but it's kicking you and you just, you feel this connection with it. I look just like the acres. We would always, you know, just smile and kind of giggle. Cause I actually look more like Wendy, my adoptive mother than my birth mother. Did you ever talk to your parents about why they they wanted to adopt? Yeah, I did have half-brothers growing up. They were 20 years older from my dad's previous marriage. But my mother had ovarian cancer very young at 24, you know, had to have a hysterectomy, couldn't physically have children, but she always wanted to have a child. They had been on the waiting list for like six years to adopt a child. And they were like, we'll take twins. We'll take, you know, we'll, we'll take whatever you guys have. And, and keep in mind, this is the 80s. So no internet. I don't even think that what to expect when expecting book was even out yet. The information was not there that is available these days. They basically find out six years into their application process on a Friday night, they're like, we have a child that's available for you on Monday. Do you want it? So they were like, yeah, we'll take it. But I can't even imagine getting ready for anything in a weekend, 
without the internet or Amazon available to me. Nobody in Kansas City, Missouri, like there weren't very many people that were adopted. Have you thought about adopting? I did. I always knew I wanted to have children. I've wanted to have children for years and years and years. I've always felt this maternal instinct. I wanted it to be biological if possible. I didn't want to struggle hard to like have a child where it affected our family life. It wasn't like that important to me for it to be my blood child. I would have been open to adopting. We're still trying to figure out what our future family life is going to look like. I don't believe that blood makes you family. I think that you can choose your family and I feel like it doesn't matter who they are. But I love that you feel that way. It comes from this like being so thankful that I can be pregnant. Have you ever had any hard times with her that you ever like threw it in her face? I don't remember any. I just always felt so lucky and maybe undeserving of it. After she gave you up, what was her life like? Her life has definitely been a difficult life. She went from foster home to foster home, was abused in many of the foster homes throughout her life. You know, after me, she had my sister Amanda 16 months later, so pretty much the age that our babies will be apart, and she didn't put it up for adoption. Amanda was raised with her for a while. I think she's had a trying time. She did have to be a very young mother and some of the choices that she made made life a little bit more difficult. Do you think that she may have kept her second daughter because of regret? I'm not sure. She always seemed at peace with giving me up. All of us have this incredibly nurturing motherly nature. I think because she stayed with the father for a bit that was kind of like the difference because she had to go through high school if you can imagine pregnant not knowing who the father was she had school children ridiculing her calling her names for not knowing who the father was because of all the abuse that she went through I can't say that it, it wasn't an abuse type of situation that I was conceived. In fact, I kind of think that that's probably a likely explanation. Wow. Your children's stories that you came up with. I actually did work with an author. I was going to start writing, like working with my friends to illustrate it, but we ended up just doing like an A to Z book. My next one was actually about poop and <laughs> the, the author that I worked with, and it was going to teach Eli how big kids, you know, go on, on the toilet. All right. Well, I am going to let you go. Thank you so much for yes, being so you, open Raina. to talking to me. And I can't wait to see your new hairdo. I hope to see you soon. Grandpa, what did you think? Uh, Jackie, welcome to Better Call Daddy. You become a person by your surroundings as well. It's not just genetics. Obviously, genetics is very important for many health reasons and certain tendencies that people have based on their genetics. Your environment and the way you're raised and the encouragement that you get and the love that you receive has probably a bigger effect on one's life than the genetics. You have become a professional woman, a loving woman. I know you're even a very good friend to my daughter, Rena, where uh, you guys share a lot of your experiences together. So you're a very good person, a very loving person, and are going to be a terrific mother. And I'm so happy that you now are going to be able to have a couple of children close together 
where they're going to share, I think, a, a wonderful relationship in the future. And I think that now that you've met your sisters, I'm sure that there'll be some connection there in the future as well. And your birth mom, by getting impregnated with you as a teenager and not knowing the situation. And, and again, I, I can't speculate who your father is, but it's very possible that this unknown factor is not necessarily a mystery. It could be something where maybe your mom was abused. Maybe it was uh, another teenager. I, I have no idea. Uh, obviously, uh, the plot will thicken someday. But the fact is, is that she was really unable to really take care of you at that time. And she wanted to give you an opportunity to have a wonderful life, even if she couldn't give it to you. Your uh, mom, Wendy, has shown you that. And even before you could have children, you also experienced that same want to be a, a compassionate and a loving mother, whether it was your birth child or not. So these are very wonderful developments in your life. And uh, you haven't missed out on anything. Maybe your story will actually help other people as well. And I think that there's quite a lesson in here of a connection where other people will be able to say, hey, if we are supportive and we don't feel threatened and we set the right example to our daughter or to our son, they'll be able to have a continuation and be able to be wonderful to their next generation of children as well if we do the right job. Better Call Daddy Show is now sponsored by Chicago Lavish Glass. I have taken my own kids to make glass jewelry. I'm obsessed with the rings and necklaces. Custom glass jewelry for holidays, showers, weddings, celebrations of life, and gender reveals, and more. Now you can use the code BCD for 20% off. Like Better Call Daddy. I've made the glass, and I can tell you it's first class. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and tune in. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Yeah.